0: It's time for episode 434 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes.
1: Welcome back to Clockwise, the timey-wimey tech podcast. In fact, some of you may have heard that before, and that's because it's timey-wimey, so sometimes it comes up again. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I'm joined across the internet by my good pal, my good friend, and my dungeon buddy, it's Dan the Man and How are you doing, Dan?
0: I'm doing well. If we recorded this in like Napa or something, it could be the Timey Winey podcast.
1: <laughs> well, I <laughs> am recording it there. in wine country right now. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, for me, it is the Timey Winey Tech yeah. Podcast. Uh, w- look forward to clock wine coming soon everywhere. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get into things uh, by introducing our awesome guests who may or may not be in wine countries of uh, their various regions. Uh, to my left is a co-host of mine on iOS Today, as well as a host of automators right here on Relay FM, as well as just an all around brilliant developer and thinker. It's Rosemary Orchard. How are you doing, Rosemary?
2: I am very slightly intimidated by that introduction, but I'm <laughs> going to try and live up to it. So let's have some fun.
0: And to my left this week is the founder of Emojipedia, uh, the man about emojis, the best narrowboat captain you'll ever meet. It's Jeremy Burge. Welcome
3: back, Jeremy. I didn't get any brilliant thinker or uh, <laughs> the best mind of our generation. It's, it's impressive. I just call him like I see him, man. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> i'm leaving okay uh, all right <laughs> well before
1: you go um i think i'll kick things off uh you all know how this works we've got four topics 30 minutes and it is time to get this spicy show started thank you kate uh, my question for you today netflix is raising its prices for canadians and americans and so i'm curious to which streaming services are you subscribed and which do you use most often rosemary
2: uh well, I have a paid subscription to Disney Plus. Uh, because I bought an annual subscription uh less than a year ago, I presume, or like less than two years ago, and it renewed at some point, and so it's still running. I cancelled Netflix a while ago, but here in the UK we have the television license, which I do pay for, so that I can watch some of their shows on BBC iPlayer. Um, because uh, I love Death in Paradise; it's lots of fun. So I'm I'm. I guess I'm subscribed to that. It's not really a subscription service in the traditional sense, but it it works for me and it means that I can watch some more things.
0: Uh, Way, way too many. (laughs) I still have a Netflix subscription, a Hulu subscription, an Amazon Prime subscription. Disney Plus I paid for several years in advance because there was like a deal when it first came out. Uh, Up until fairly recently, I did have an HBO Max subscription, but I actually let that go uh, because there wasn't anything we were actively watching at the time, and I figured we would probably have to turn it back on. Uh, And then I think I actually have a Paramount Plus subscription in there too. Ooh. And I get Peacock for free because I'm a Comcast subscriber, and they sent me a box. I don't have to use the box. I just have to have the box. That apparently is all it takes. Um, so many, many, many different streaming services. I probably end up using Disney Plus the most... Um I'm not sure. Yeah, and then it sort of drops down pretty quick to like you yeah, Netflix or um or Hulu probably of the rest of them. But they're it's in that tricky situation where I feel like I can't quite justify getting rid of any of them. Mm-hmm. Um Amazon Prime in there too right and that's mainly the, for the like the shipping and stuff, but I do like watching stuff on Amazon Prime. So I feel like I'm trapped in this world where now I'm paying like cable prices for all my subscription services. Uh, so
3: yeah, I guess I guess the industry is always going to make its money. Jeremy, what about you? I like that you said you can't uh, justify getting rid of any of them. <laughs> I, I sort of <laughs> am over here trying to justify getting any of them. But, uh, <laughs> I, I I did get Netflix during the pandemic. I, it took me that amount of time to feel like I needed something else in my life and. Uh, I think that's it. I mean, you know what? I've got bundle stuff. So I've got like Amazon Prime gives you some video stuff. So every now and then that's got old back catalog things. I think they have original stuff, but I'm not really poked around. And uh, what else? Apple. I've got the Apple bundle. So I, I started watching. I know I'm very late. I'm not going to talk about the details, but <laughs> the morning show, it's very dramatic. Um, I, I enjoy it but it's it's oh i don't know it's very I, I don't mean this in a bad way it's it's very american which i know is the whole <laughs> point it's, it's, uh, i know that means lots of things but yes uh that's that's it for me normally i'm trying to save power on the boat but right now i'm on land in australia so i guess i could subscribe to them all
1: so my problem is i end up finding shows on different streaming services that I really like and that because I, I thought about it and I'm like I, I don't really watch a whole lot of TV but you find a series that you are really into and then it happens to be on another thing so I was looking through I I have a Netflix subscription I have a Hulu subscription but then it turns out I also have a Paramount Plus and Showtime subscription they had some deal where you could get them both at the same time uh, my partner is super into all of the different Walking Dead franchises so we've got an AMC Plus subscription We've got an HBO Max subscription and the Peacock subscription because we're both fans of The Office and have been watching the um, extended episodes. Uh, Apple TV Plus because it comes with my Apple One subscription and Disney the Disney subscription, which I keep meaning to get rid of. Uh, but then there'll be some show <laughs> that ends up coming up on there uh, that's worth watching. And I go, darn it, Disney. So yeah, I have way too many. I don't know if I mentioned Hulu, but that one as well. Far, far, far too many. But that's because there are different shows on all of these different platforms that I really want to watch. And I don't like that. But, um, Netflix is probably going to, even if I start to, to cut back, Netflix will continue to get my money, even with the price, uh, raising because of all of them, that's where I've watched the most content. So it continues to be a value to me. Uh, thank you all for your answers on that question. Let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Rosemary.
2: Well, in the news this week, uh, Apple reportedly tested a battery-powered HomePod, which never launched, and somebody has managed to add CarPlay to their Tesla using a Raspberry Pi. So I thought, if you could create one product or add one feature to an existing product, what would it be and why?
0: I would add a video camera slash mic sort of combo to the Apple TV. Uh, I think having the ability to do video conferencing on the Apple TV would be uh, very convenient for me. Uh, I'm happy to use it on my iPad and my Mac and all that stuff, but... For example, I have a weekly D and D game with some friends, and I end up like using my laptop and airplaying the screen to my, you know, my TV in the living room, so my wife and I can both be on camera at the same time. But now we have to look at the camera, which is on the laptop, but everybody else is on the TV, and it's all mishmashed up, and it's extra confusing. So I think it'd be really cool if there were an option. To sort of take some of the features uh, by adding a, a video camera there and really opening it up to things like FaceTime and Zoom and, and all that jazz. I I think that'd be a nice move. Jeremy, what do you think?
3: I like Rosemary that your example in this was a HomePod with a battery that never launched because I have a friend who uh, at, at Christmas time uh, bought their parents a HomePod Mini because they thought they'd be into the music stuff and all that kind of thing, and then immediately they're kind of gone. Oh, yeah, great! How do I just? Put this outside, oh, or you know, <laughs> I, it just it like around. You know, they look. Everyone, you know, is very familiar with Bluetooth speakers these days, far more than this. So they're kind of like, what, "What the hell is this? What's the point <laughs> of this thing? I have to keep plugged in in the house. Why can't I take it anywhere?" So I think a HomePod Mini with a uh, battery would be great. Uh, but otherwise, for myself, I've got a really boring one, and I kind of feel a bit sad about myself for this because uh, I've been looking at. Getting some smart light switches mm-hmm. over here, and they are. Uh, I, I I like the idea. You know how normal light switches, you flick them up and you flick them down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can mm-hmm. glance at them and if you know they're on or off. Mm-hmm. And I'd like a smart one of those. Whereas, like as far as I can tell, they all light up to tell you they're on or off. And I don't. I, I want it to look normal, but not be because there's like a hallway here, and at one end there's a switch, and at the other end there's the other switch for the same light. You know what I mean? Anyway, (laughs) I'd really like a a switch that flicks up and down manually, but it's kind of smartly controlled. So it looks like a a dumb switch, but it's a smart switch.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. I'm also going the way of the Apple TV uh, because I would like to sort of morph the product into a sound bar. Apple's acoustic design is very uh, well known for being pretty incredible. And so if they made a soundbar that just had HDMI kind of in the back of it, um, where it also served as the Apple TV itself, uh, sort of an all-in-one device, that would make me so, so, so happy. Because right now, I just have one of the old-school HomePods um, and I am using that as the output for my television, just one of them, uh, because it does sound better than the speakers that are built into the TV, even though those are stereo speakers versus the mono HomePod. And so, yeah, I, I think that a, a soundbar would be so awesome to have. And if, if that soundbar was not a separate device, if it just got to be everything all in one, even better. Rosemary, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, there there's a couple of choices. Uh, I could have uh, the Apple car key support with my car. That would be pretty awesome. Um, there is, of course, the uh, fish in a barrel of Apple TV remote with a U1 chip in it or with um, Find My integrated because the number of times I've lost that thing already is just ridiculous. Um, but I think what it would probably be is um, a soundbar combination type Apple TV Where you have a soundbar, which is also an Apple TV, because in lots of places in the world, we don't have ridiculously large homes and a soundbar is fine for audio. And if they could do a USB stick one as well, so that everybody had a smaller, cheaper, more portable travel option than the rather large uh, lump of black plastic that the Apple TV is, that would be lovely. So, yeah, one of those, I guess.
1: Nice. All right, folks, we have just reached halftime, so we're going to take a quick break before we come back with more topics. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Electric. When leading your small business, it's not all glamour. In fact, sometimes it's a matter of spending hours trying to find a laptop lost in the mail for a new hire or dealing with some other technical emergency. The team over at Electric, they know small businesses maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric Acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. This sounds like such a godsend for so many businesses that, you know, you you have these folks who are trying to do everything, do it all, do the most. And you think, you know, there could be a place for you to step back and you let Electric step in. For Clockwise listeners, Electric are offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash clockwise to set it up. That's electric.ai slash clockwise to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of this show. Alrighty, we are back from halftime, which means it's time for Dan's topic.
0: So iMessage has been in the news recently with the, <laughs> the encroaching civil war between green bubbles and blue bubbles. Um, I'm curious to know if you use other messaging apps to com- communicate with people, especially those who are on non-Apple platforms? Or do you sort of, you know, go for an all-i-message, all-the-time approach? Jeremy, you're
3: a world traveler. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, before this show, <laughs> Micah sent me a, a text to my UK number, but I'm in the I'm in Australia at the moment and iMessage. I don't know. I just, I, all the, all these services that use phone number for the ID, I just kind of want to go back to MSN Messenger or, you know, <laughs> just username works anywhere in the world. I don't know why we somehow ended up using phone numbers as an identifier when if you have different SIM cards, it just, you, you get lost, you know, and Micah, like, I might have never made it to this show had we not figured out uh, our iMessage issues. So <laughs> what have we got? We've got, Facebook Messenger, super popular, as frustrating as that can be in Australia. That's what people seem to use. WhatsApp, very popular in all my UK and friends in Europe. Uh, I don't even know what to do, though. when I contact a random person out of the blue because it feels weird to just kind of email someone, hey, You know, so I'm real stuck on that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, iMessage, Instagram Messenger, because people are already (laughs) posting stuff there. And then I'm kind of nervous about WeChat. A lot of people I know, um, WeChat, especially if they're in Asia, uh, don't love that. And what's left? What was the app Viber. Did anyone was oh, Viber yeah. a thing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 But I got kind of nervous about whenever apps ask you for contacts, because when you'd say yes on that, it would just tell everyone, every random yeah, give person all... you've ever met. <laughs> hey, everyone, Jeremy's on Viber. And yeah, and I'd kind of go, I just, just signed in to see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I really get worried about using new chat apps for that because I don't want to let everyone know that I've ever spoken to that I'm on this app. So, sorry, Signal or Telegram. I don't really know what the deal is over there. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's my list. But can we just bring back usernames, please? So I could be, you know, Chatboy110 or whatever. Whatever username. Good usernames we used to have. Chatboy. <laughs> <No>. um, that <laughs> yeah, may chat very boy. well
1: be the title. Chatboy110. Um, I do use iMessage most of the time. Uh, most of the people that I communicate with, I do that over iMessage. Um, but I do have the occasional conversations over Instagram and email and Slack is a big one for me where I communicate with folks. Uh, People try to communicate with me on Discord, uh, and so I ended up, I think... I did it across all of the different ones I'm uh, part of. I disabled DMs <laughs> because I don't <laughs> want to get messages there because I don't know how they work. I barely know how Discord works at all. Um, I kept getting friend requests too, and I'm like, I don't know what that means to be your friend on Discord, so I can't do that. Um, so I think I have like five friends, and then I stopped. Uh, Twitter DM is another place. The reason I don't like Twitter DM, because I think that's where Jeremy and I ended up chatting uh, before I uh, got his email to be able to use that for iMessage, was that it it has a delay sometimes. And there's Mm -hmm. this weird delay. So you end up sending a message and maybe another one and someone's already addressed it. It's not fun. Um, So not big on that. But uh, yeah, most of the time I communicate via iMessage. I have two or three friends who are Android people. And I communicate with them via uh, SMS and it's fine. But I do, there is always that sort of in the back of my mind kind of, I wonder if this message actually made it to them. I wonder if uh, they're seeing it how I intend for it to be seen. I wonder uh, how they interpreted that emoji because it's different on their platform. And then I go to this really cool site where I can see what an emoji looks like on an Android device versus an I- iPhone device. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, it's called chatboy110pedia.com. chatboy <laughs> No. Um, anyway, so that's my answer. Uh, take it away, please, Rosemary.
2: Uh, yeah, so most of the time I'm using iMessage um, or Slack to communicate with people. Um, I have some people who I communicate with over Telegram um, and one set of contacts which uses Signal exclusively because they needed to set up something that was secure and that was the option that their company evaluated at the time and said, you're using Signal. So that that's what we're using um, for that. Um, other than that, I guess technically I have... Twitter DMs, Discord messages in various ways, shapes and forms, Um, semaphore, um, carrier pigeon, etc. Those are all (laughs) technically options, um, but the chances of reaching me through them in something vaguely resembling a timely fashion are pretty minimal uh if you want to contact me then it's you know either you already knew how and I do use my email address as my primary iMessage ID and FaceTime ID um because it means that when I was hopping between countries and changing sim cards people didn't start getting messages from a random number that they didn't recognize so uh yeah uh I guess I'm mostly iMessage
0: yeah, I mean, I really like Telegram, except for the fact they make you put stop at the end of every sentence. It's just a weird ah. word for that. <laughs> okay, I was uh, a little no, confused uh, there for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I'm you know, not alone in the U.S. for being someone who relies very heavily on iMessage. Um, and I happen to have lots and lots of contacts who are also on Apple devices. So that usually works pretty smoothly. Um, in other cases, I definitely agree that there's, there's different sort of vectors for different, uh, people or times. Like I will use Twitter DM, especially if it's somebody I'm reaching out to who I don't really know, but that way it's sort of at least tied to my profile and everything. So they can, you know, look me up and see who I am. Um, I use Slack DM for a lot of people who I talk to more regularly, uh, who might be at their computers all day, I think. I've never really delved too much in other ones. I've used WhatsApp a little bit when I've been traveling overseas, and it's been with groups who have like, you know, both iPhones and Android phones just because that seems to sort of be the lowest common denominator. But uh, after the whole – there was a bit of a uh, thing over uh, uh, privacy policy updates and stuff recently, I got rid of it. And also, I'm probably not traveling overseas anytime in the near future. Um, so it's it's something that I haven't ended up worrying about that much. Um, I do I do think that it is tricky sometimes to have all this stuff tied to different things. I think Jeremy's point about the phone number is really, really a good one. I can understand why it was sort of the path of least resistance when they built iMessage, but it's weird and frustrating. And even as someone who tries to use like my email address a lot of times for my iMessage name... It doesn't always work right. A lot of times, you know, when I've gotten new phones or you know migrated over, it yes. resets it back to my phone number, and I'm like, I don't want that. Every, every time, time so every time, Dan. Every time we get a new phone, that SIM so card annoying. does it. Yeah, and I've done that too because I've switched SIM cards when I've traveled overseas before, and that's also annoying. I don't want to register this phone number. Thank you. Um, so all of it's kind of a mess, and in some ways, it feels like it'd be better if we could agree on one standard, but I don't really see that happening in the near future. So I guess we're stuck with this weird amalgam of systems. But thanks for all your thoughts on that. Let us go to our final topic, which comes from Jeremy.
3: So uh, I've been, I I did mention back in Australia a bit recently, and for the first time in a long time, I noticed apps over here actually using NFC, the NFC chip in the phone in a way that wasn't just Apple Pay, or I guess um, some cities have the Apple Pay Express Pay for transit, which I think is great. But for other NFC purposes, I know there were some app store rules for a while or there was some kind of limitations on it. But anyway, I've noticed a couple of apps actually using NFC over here in for, for normal people. And I thought that was kind of cool. And I'm wondering if any apps or anything in your area use NFC for anything that isn't just Apple Pay or, or payments. And if so, what are they and or do people even care? Are we all just happy with QR codes these days? Uh, Michael, what do you think?
1: I think NFC can be fun. Um, One place that I've seen it very handily used is for setting up um, HomeKit stuff. So a lot of time, um, it used to be that you had to Unplug the device, or pull it off of the wall, or uh, you know, take off the the, the lampshade, or do all of these things to try to find that code and get the code that you need to be able to scan and um, activate the product for HomeKit. And then, in the occasion where the device becomes disconnected and you need to reset it, then once again you're trying to like uh, climb behind your <laughs> your dresser and looking up underneath the thing to find that code. What's nice is with the uh, NFC, you can simply tap the device and then it will, you know, scan the code. So instead of me having to climb behind a dresser, I can sort of just awkwardly stick my arm in there with my phone and just tap the top of it. Uh, It's a little bit more convenient. Um, There's also another one. It's this, it's this handheld device, um, it's a little remote and you can take the back off of it to replace the battery. And then there's also the the code in there that you can scan, but you can leave that on and just Hold your phone up against the back of it, and it will uh, scan that way with NFC. So I find that very handy. And then I also use NFC, and I'm would would be surprised if Rosemary doesn't mention this during her portion. Um, I also use NFC for some automations in different places as well. Uh, so a lot of personal NFC stuff um, that I have used whereas QR codes seem to be, at least in my area, the way that folks are kind of adding um, interaction out and about. So I haven't seen too many public NFC options. Rosemary, what about you?
2: I remember in 2010, I was coming home on the train from London back to university. Um, and it was quite late at night. And so I, by the time I nearly got to my stop, I, I was already standing up by the doors because I really wanted to get home, which meant when the train inevitably stopped outside the train station, and I was stuck there that I had quite a bit of time to study the doors. Um, because, you know, what else are you going to do? What caught my attention was that there was a QR code which had an NFC tag and it said, tap your phone here to install. And of course, I had an iPhone like 3G or something at the time. Maybe it was a three GS, and that naturally did not have NFC in it. Um, and I think I may have taken a picture of the QR code, but I didn't have a QR code app installed, um, and so the entire thing was useless to me. But eleven years on, NFC has actually made its way into various places, um, and I do use it multiple times a day, every day. Um, so I scan NFC tags as I go throughout my day. You know, I take my morning uh, vitamins, and I scan the NFC tag, and it marks them as taken. and um, uh, in the app that I'm using and and so on and so forth and that um for me is making my life considerably easier. Um, of course, NFC is also present in every single one of my cards for contactless payment um, and on my Apple Watch. Um, but I don't really see it out in public all that much, aside from, you know, HomeKit devices, which um, Micah already mentioned. It's been around for a really long time, but it doesn't appear to have taken off all that much yet. But I'm looking forward to the new um, Key and Car Key options, which Apple are seemingly rolling out uh, to a wider and wider uh array of devices. Yeah,
0: I haven't seen that much of it. I mean, beyond sort of Apple Pay, which has really finally sort of taken off in the US over the last couple of years, I haven't really run into too many cases with NFC. I think it's something that most people in the US still aren't that familiar with beyond payments. Um, but I keep hoping that it will sort of roll out to more and more places. I see a lot more QR codes now than I used to. And I see people who are, you know, much more comfortable using them. So I feel like maybe that's a a gateway to it. Um, I think given the sort of fact that NFC stuff is still uh, maybe not unevenly distributed exactly, but it feels less accessible in some ways than a QR code uh, that might take some more time to catch on until we've got to a point where it sort of hits critical mass. Um, But even give cases for myself, like I, for a while had a, you know, NFC sticker that I had set up to do a little automation thing and I kind of stopped using it. Um, it turned out that it wasn't as reliable for me as I'd hoped at the time. I bought a whole roll of stickers thinking I would use them for clever things at some point, And I still haven't really come up with any ideas for what I want to use them for. So I kind of they're, they're sitting there in my back pocket for the day where I'm like, Oh, finally, I've found the use for NFC that I've been waiting for <laughs> for all these years. And I have stickers everywhere. But unfortunately for the moment, it really hasn't taken off for me. Jeremy, uh, why don't you wrap us
2: up here?
3: I... I uh... Rosemary, I was a bit disappointed. I thought you were going to say you were going to go back to the train. Now you have a new phone to go to the door to find out the I mean, what I would, MC but I'm does. pretty
2: certain that that train has been out of service for a very long time. It was one of these old single carriage, a um, first Great Western trains. They've rebranded. They've got rid of most of those. I, I'm pretty certain it's not there anymore.
3: Well, anyway, sorry. That was I was really excited to find out what it did. Um, the, it, it installed some here, app. It, I remember that much. The, the, the train stops. Oh. That's it. Yeah, You're done. It you got to get off a, now. Train stories. They're always exciting. I thought it was going to have a big uh, a big finale. I finally <laughs> made it back to the train and the app did. I don't know. It found my one true love. <laughs> <laughs> it like- anyway, uh, the, the the what I've found over here in Australia, a couple of cool things. Uh, I mean, one boring thing, rewards cards for supermarkets. There's at least one here. Woolworths has that where instead of scan a QR code, you just tap your phone and you get a, you know. One point that is worth nothing, um, <laughs> but it, it's quicker than doing the, the code. Um, uh, the public transport here in Melbourne it doesn't have Apple Pay, which is kind of annoying because that's better, but you can tap your transport card on the back of your phone if you want to top it up. Um, so that's kind of fun. Well, and I did have they got this digital ID thing here, and I hope I'm not no OPSEC or whatever the deal is, but <laughs> nonetheless, you can, you know, how passports they got e passports these days mm-hmm. with the chip. Mm. And you can put mm. the passport on the back of your phone, and it will like add it to your digital identity thingo that they've got. I know, and that I sounds like, like witchcraft. I, I, like, <laughs> yeah. So normally, uh, I don't know. I didn't think it did any of this stuff, or I didn't think anyone was doing it. But it's the future of it, Australia's
1: so. the future, both in time and apparently in uh, technology.
3: Yeah, here we are. That's it. That's my things.
1: All right. Well, that means we are just about to the end. I do have one question for you before we go. If you could pick one song to be able to sing perfectly, what song would you choose?
2: Oh, this this was a challenge, but I think I've decided. Barcelona by Queen and Montserrat Caballé. So.
3: Yeah, all right. I don't even know that song. I'll have to
0: look it up. Uh, Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas.
3: Ah, Very nice. Uh, My friends always line up Like a Virgin for me at karaoke, which (laughs) I really can't hit those high notes. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe that would be good to actually hit them.
1: Uh, there is a song from the uh, musical Dreamgirls called And I Am Telling You I'm Not Going. And everyone should listen to the original, um, which I believe was Jennifer Holliday, but also to the Jennifer Hudson version of it. I would sing it like Jennifer Hudson, and I would bawl as I did so, because I bawl every (laughs) time I hear her sing it. Uh, But if I could sing one song perfectly, it would be that. It is the most moving performance. Oh my god. Um, And to be able to make someone feel the way that i feel when i hear jennifer hudson sing that song oh that'd be amazing thank you all for your answers on that bonus topic uh that means that we can say goodbye to our awesome pals who joined us this week rosemary orchard thank you so much for being here thank you very
2: much for having me it was a pleasure as always
1: and the amazing brilliant mind
0: of
3: our generation jeremy (laughs) birds thank you so much for being here (sighs) I'm going to put some posters up around town with that as my (laughs) tagline just there. Thanks, everybody.
0: And Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you
1: say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.